Well, last weekend, the Easter weekend, we spent time, you know, just refreshing ourselves in the fact that Jesus is a reconciler and that the work that Jesus came to do was to conquer and break everything that alienates and isolates people. And we live in a culture and a time for all the hyperconnectivity, everyone does tend to live these very isolated and alienated experiences from each other. And, um, I mean, we've got all of these tools and vehicles and, um, and forums and places to be able to be connected, and yet people are incredibly isolated from each other. They're, they're isolated within themselves. They're isolated from God. There's um, power of alienation at work in the context of families um, and, and um, in, in political groups are isolated and um, alienated from each other and, you know, the loudest voice tends to win these days. And um, there's all sorts of works of alienation that are both coming out of people and also out of spiritual darkness as well. And we looked at how Jesus, the reconciler, in his work of life, death and resurrection, that God, as Paul records it in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, God was reconciling the world to himself. Now, if ever you've been um, in Jesus, now, if ever you've been involved in a experience of being reconciled to someone, the initiator of reconciliation has to take a very, very big step of humility towards the other person. That's how reconciliation begins. And that's exactly what Paul says God has done in Jesus that it was actually God who was reconciling the world to himself in Jesus. So it was God in Jesus humbling himself to broach humanity to say, I love you and I want reconciliation with you. Um, there's not too many, well, not that I can see, there's not too, uh, too many other gods, known gods in the earth today that that humble themselves to broach humanity. I see a lot of gods who and idols and um, philosophies where the, the expectation is that you would humble or humanity would humble itself first. But here in the gospel of the kingdom of God, the very nature and character of God is that God took the first step towards humanity, towards his creation in Jesus. God humbled himself and reconciled himself to the world in Jesus. That's, that's the standout feature of who our God is in Jesus Christ. He humbled himself. He's a humble king, taking on the nature of a servant. Our God is an incredibly powerful God. Now this morning, I want us to pick up on a little bit more of that scripture from 2 Corinthians 5. So if you've got your Bible there, grab a hold of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and this is Paul writing here. And I, I want to pick up in verse 16 again. And, he, and he, I want to read some of what we read last week and then go on a little bit more. But Paul here is... Um, um, talking about the implications of what God has done in Jesus and, and the outworking of that in relationship with us and us with him. So let's pick up there in verse 16. This is the implication of 
the reconciling work of God. Paul says, so from now on, now this is because of Jesus. So the preface is because of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Just you got to have a you got to swallow that one first. <laughs> That's a big mouthful right there. You may have to sort of chew on it for a while because if you take it in one big lump, it won't sit easy. <laughs> you've got to you've got to process that one to begin with. That from now on, because of Jesus, Paul says we don't look at people from a worldly point of view. Now, worldly point of view is one that is cynical, one that is bitter, one that is alienated, one that is um, lording it over. That's, the, that's a world view. Um, it's a, a competitive... We don't look at people as, as competitors or competition anymore. We don't look at people like... Um, you know, we don't judge people anymore. What we're doing is, because of Jesus, we now no longer look at people like that. Though, he says, once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Jesus Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And that's, you know, when we celebrate someone being baptised in the water, that public declaration of what's taken place internally. It's that I'm, I'm being buried with the burial of Jesus and by faith I'm rising up into a new life, a new created life that's authored by Jesus, that's influenced by Jesus' worldview. And all of this, Paul says, is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has now given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God, this is what the ministry of reconciliation is, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So when, when Paul was in that previous verse just saying God was not counting men's sins against them, what he's saying is God took all of that sin of humanity and now we see in this verse, he apportions it all onto Jesus. And that through Jesus and his death and resurrection, he now breaks the back of that sin and all of us can come into a new life with God, one of righteousness before God, one where we are okay with God. God is at peace with us through Jesus. God's not angry with us anymore. Through He's at complete peace with us in Jesus Christ. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive this God, a grace of God in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now, 
is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. This is, this is a really, really life-changing series of scriptures that Paul's written. And if, if we allow the authority of, of the scriptures to actually begin to inform our life as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, this whole invitation to now be ambassadors of Jesus and come into a revelation and an experience that says, actually God is now appealing to the world through you and me, even as he did through Jesus. Now... That ministry, that message, that lifestyle, that good news is now being um, declared and proclaimed to the world through the way we go about doing our daily life in, as a follower of Jesus. That's got, some, that's got some big edges to it if you just sort of stop and think about that for a little bit. That God's now making his appeal to the world through you. And through me. Through the way we use our resources, through the way that we steward our relationships, through the way that we advocate on behalf of the poor and the broken, of those that have no voice or power, of how we speak prophetically to those who are in power in the earth on behalf of the name of Jesus and his good kingdom. There's some big edges to this. But this is, this is how, how God wants to walk this out. He wants to make his appeal to the people that you walk and breathe and do life with. He wants to make his appeal through you. All because of Jesus. Now, I've had some, you know, perhaps for me, one of the, you know, the greatest experiences um, that I think that the Christian follower of Jesus, the disciple of Jesus can have is this, is introducing someone else to Jesus. It is one of the greatest joys to be able to sit with people over coffee or in, a, in whatever the context, whether you're praying for them in aisle 12 at Woolworths because God says, hey, reach out and pray for them. Wherever it is, there is no greater joy than seeing someone that you're interacting with come alive to the message and the ministry that God loves them in Jesus. And, and, and if, if you've never had that, I want to I I say that that's actually not the normal Christian life. If you have never had the opportunity to introduce someone to Jesus, you, 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 Paul's, the scriptures here is saying that because of God's actions in Jesus and for all of us who have received this grace, we don't receive it in vain. And in fact, now we're partnering with God as he's making his appeal to the world that we're living in. Now, when I say world, I mean the people in your street, the people that you work with, the people that you drive past every day, the people that you see at the same coffee shop in the line every day or the Irish pub that you go to on a Wednesday afternoon after work. There, right there, God is making his appeal to the people that you're doing life with in your world. And there's no greater joy than being able to introduce people to Jesus. Now, it may be one of those, I was just in in aisle 12 
and all of a sudden my eyes were drawn to a person who had a cast on their leg or they were, their arm in a sling or you just looked at them and by the grace of the Holy Spirit you could see that they were either anxious or hurting deeply and you were moved by the compassion of God to move towards them and pray with them or offer to pray with them or ask how are they doing, are they okay? So there's those Johnny-on-the-spot moments which are wonderful that God uses us in and uses us for. But there's also those really wonderful moments where you actually get to sit with someone and for their first time they invite Jesus Christ to be their Lord and their King, that the resurrected Jesus would be their Lord and their King. You know, um, I, I've had the privilege of sharing Jesus with many people over the years and one I, I was actually just reminded while I was watching that um, Destiny Rescue DVD of a time when uh, I was in Patea and I was in a room, it was probably only about a, this, sort of this section here of, of the room and it was full of um, people and a whole bunch of missionaries and Westerners and stuff and then there was this window all the way down the side of the building and so I was inside the building at the front speaking to sort of this room that was mixed um, with, with indigenous local folk as well as missionaries from around the world. And then all along the window, and the windows were all open, but they had like, like bars across them sort of thing. There's all these people pressed up against the window watching what was happening in the room. It was all these local folk from the markets that was literally just outside the room. And I was just, I was in there. Um, sharing about the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, but I became all of a sudden very aware that actually I wasn't speaking to them, this, this group here. I was speaking to everyone that was outside the window. I mean, I was focused here, but my words were reaching there. And then so as I'm, I'm, I'm teaching this ways and things and tools of the kingdom of God, and then all of a sudden I just felt like to ask, is there anyone here who would like to connect their life to the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life and enter into the kingdom of God and step out from underneath every other oppressive God and spirituality. Is there anyone who would like that? And arms, all these arms reached through the window. All these arms just reached through the window. And so I just said, so I turned my attention to the window and was, I don't know, there's probably about 40 or 50 people just reaching through the window. And I just said, close your eyes, you're going to encounter the Lord Jesus right now. And I was just like, as far as I was concerned, I could have gone home right then and there. There was no, it was so precious and so wonderful of God to, to take um, what I thought was going to be this equipping session with a group of people here and all of a sudden the kingdom of God was at hand and all of these people reached in to give their life to Jesus Christ. Now, I, I got to say, I was reminded of that while I was watching the Destiny Rescue thing this morning and I just was like, wow, thank you, God. Thank you for the privilege and the joy and I want that for everyone. I want that for every, every follower of Jesus to be able to all of a sudden be aware of the fact that God's drawing people to himself. He's, he's initiating this reconciling love to people and he's drawing, he's humbling himself and he's drawing them to him. And he's not holding their sin against them. 
and he's, he's wanting to establish life and freedom for them. I guess the other, you know, really awesome time that I got to um, introduce someone to Jesus was when uh, I got to introduce Nicole to Jesus. We, we've been, we started to go to church together and then one Sunday night I thought, oh great, she's going to give her life to Jesus because the evangelist guy was there and it was all going to be, yes, yes, and he was inviting people to stand up and give their lives to Christ and, and I thought, yes, tonight's the night, Nick's going to give her life to Jesus and no, it didn't happen. And so we got in the car and we were driving back home to her parents' house and as we were driving home, she starts crying. She just starts crying. And I knew it wasn't my driving. <laughs> I knew it wasn't my driving and I'd had a shower that day so I did smell good. But all of a sudden she starts crying and as, as she's crying, I just turned to her and I said, what's happening? And she says to me, I should have given my life to Jesus tonight at church. And I said, would you, would you like to give your life to Jesus and in exchange let him be your Lord and King? And, you know, I'm kind of playing at Mr. Cool on the outside, but inside I was just like exploding like, yes, this is so awesome, God. And she said, yes, I would. And so we pulled up in the driveway of her parents' house and we held hands and we prayed together. And Nicole met Jesus and came into his kingdom and became a follower of his. And I just, that was so awesome. That was so super awesome because she was someone I loved and was so close to. And I want that for you as well. That the ones that you love and are close to would know Jesus. There's no greater joy than being people who reconcile people to Jesus, especially the ones that we're close to and the ones that we love dearly. I went home that night and uh, after, you know, left Nicole at her, play, her parents' place and I drove back to my house, my parents' house, and uh, I don't know, I think it was probably, I don't know, some silly hour in the morning, like one o'clock or something like that, and I just, I just thought it was time to celebrate that Nick had given a life to Jesus because all, you know, all heaven was having a party. So I thought we should have a party too. So I just ran into my parents' room, just jumped up and down on their bed. And they're like, what? what's going on? I'm like, Nick gave a life to Jesus Christ tonight. Jesus has been, has been reconciled to Nicole and she's going to live forever with him. And we're going to walk this thing together called the kingdom of God. And it's so exciting to me. I just thought you'd have to know. <laughs> and so the parents that were like, okay, we're really happy for you, but really at this time of night? So anyway, but anyway, Jesus is inviting us to be ambassadors of his. And I want to just briefly touch on what an ambassador looks like and what it's about. This word, um, well, let me just preface it with this reconciliation this ministry of reconciliation it's not some degree of like polite ignoring or um, reduction of hostility or 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 a kind of like i'm offended but i'm just gonna you know hold it here and or yeah you still disappoint me or yes you still hurt me reconciliation is not being polite about that and just being you know, face to face, that's not reconciliation. We've all got relationships like that. 
But that's not what Jesus came to bring us into. Reconciliation is the total and the objective removal of all of those things. All that offence, all that unmet expectation, all that hostility and pain, it's the complete removal of that which exists between you and another. And we all carry them. It's a complete removal of all of that. And it's a resurrected life relationship that we get to have with people where we no longer view them through a worldly point of view, but we view them through Jesus. Now, that's, that can be challenging when you've been out of kilter in terms of relationship. It's, it's challenging. I see a few heads nodding in the room. I'm nodding with you. I haven't got all this, uh, you know, conquered yet. Jesus is still conquering this with me, and I'm learning. I'm probably a little less angry these days about that stuff because I'm choosing to lean more into what Jesus has won for me, which is a recon- the opportunity of reconciliation. doesn't mean everyone wants to be reconciled to me, even when I do want to reach out towards them in reconciling love doesn't mean they want to necessarily be reconciled to me, but that still doesn't give me a a permission to be anything other than an ambassador of reconciliation, of one that chooses to remove all of that stuff and allow the opportunity of relationship to form again. This is, it's tricky, it's hard stuff. But um, with the grace of God, there is this new life of kingdom living that's ours. This word ambassador that Paul uses, it's, um, I won't pronounce the Greek there for you because um, I'll embarrass myself. I can't really pronounce it well. Um, but basically, it's a verb and it really means officially representing the official presence and position of the sending authority. So for example, we have in country at the moment, Vice President of the United States of America um, Mr. Pence. Now, if you heard anything of his speeches in the last 24 hours as he's addressing all of the um, authorities of our land, our Prime Minister, and standing alongside of our Prime Minister and so forth, he, will, he uses words and language where he's clearly, clearly articulating to the audience at hand, he's saying, um, on behalf of President Trump, I want to say blah, 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 blah. And so he's, whatever he's, but he's saying, if you're seeing me, you're seeing Mr. Trump. My words, Mr. Pence, that he's using, my words are Mr. Trump's words. The, the authority with which I have to say what I'm saying, it's been given to me by Mr. Trump and the government and the legislator of, legislature of the United States government to be able to say what I'm saying. I'm not saying it on my own. I'm not saying it without permission. I'm not saying it without authority. I've been authorised to say this. And, and in my saying this, in your seeing and hearing me, you are seeing and hearing the President and the United States and the will of the United States of America. Does that make sense? That, so that's going on in country right now. And that's what this word is like. So when Paul is saying that we are now ambassadors of this ministry and message of reconciliation in Jesus Christ, Paul is trying to convey to the church. He's trying to convey to the Christian disciple. He's trying to say to them, hey, crew, 
You've got to understand the words you use, the way you go about doing life, it's as if you are reflecting and representing the Lord Jesus Christ himself and the message of his good news and kingdom and reconciling love. Now, for many of us, we might go, whoa, that's a bit, of a, that's a bit big, that's a bit heavy. But Jesus did what he did out of love. And if you've been loved by Jesus, that's what qualifies you to do this stuff, to represent him. It's the fact that we've come alive to the knowledge that we've been loved by God in Jesus. And he's not held our sins against us. He's not counted that against us. But he's humbled, he's humbled himself towards us and we, we now humble ourselves towards him in response. And so it's, this, it's, it's as if um, we reflect the official positioning of the kingdom of God. Recently here in the life of Vineyard Pine Rivers, I was so blessed and, and moved in my heart to watch a number of people mobilize to love and to care for Bernadette, who recently um, went, who finished her earthly life and went to be in the presence of Jesus forever. Over her final months, I, I watched this group of people who made it their, their concern to be concerned about this woman and this widow. They cooked for her. They visited her. They drove her different places that she needed to get to for appointments with doctors and all sorts of welfare um, organisations and groups. They phoned her. They stopped in as they were driving past to see how she was. They had a couple with her. They prayed with her and they prayed for her. This wonderful group of Jesus' disciples reflected the official position and the will of the kingdom of God in Jesus towards Bernadette. And they did it in such a way that they loved her into the powers of the age to come in all their fullness. They transitioned her in such a gracious, beautiful, loving way. They did it like as if Jesus himself was there because he was there in their actions. Each week here at the Vineyard Mercy Centre, I witnessed many, many people bringing on, on team, bringing the official position of the kingdom of God to those in our region who are needing love and care in their moment of need. This merciful team of people who bring the kingdom of God and the resources of Jesus' lordship to those who are in need. They bring food. They bring community. They bring relationship they bring care, prayer, and concern to many, many people who are both strangers and friends to them. And it's through their loving like Jesus does that they're reflecting and representing the official position of the kingdom of God in the earth, even as it is in the heavens. It's not just doling out bread. It's not just helping people with clothing. It's not that. It's ref they're ambassadors. Our Mercy Centre team, the guys and women that just in the, in the you know, at, at the end of a day when they're tired and they're exhausted and they go, no, I'll, I'll take it on me to go and get bread for them so that tomorrow when the next group of people arrive, there's bread for them. That's because that's what Jesus would do. 
They reflect and represent the message and the ministry of the kingdom of God, the official position of the king himself. Just the other day, about a week ago, I, I witnessed a, a Christian brother who was incredibly anxious. And my heart was um, moved to, to pay attention to this, this brother of mine. And the compassion of Jesus began to well up within me towards my brother. And so I approached him and I asked him if he was okay. And it was so abundantly clear that he was in distress. He was fully captive to a wave of anxiety and spiritual opposition that was harassing him right in that moment. And I listened to his response for just a few moments And so I reached over to him, I put my arm around him, I drew him into me, and then I prayed and I said, Father, bring your kingdom for my brother and let your peace break through right now. All this mental anguish that he was in and the fatigue it was on his body and in his face. I want to see my friend set free. The power of the Spirit came upon him. He fell to his knees And so I sat with him in the dirt and I held him until a measure of the kingdom had come where he knew peace and could function again in that context and setting. I was representing and reflecting the official position of the kingdom of God on earth, even as it is in heaven. This is what it's like. Philip He said one day to Jesus, would you just show us God the Father? That would be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So even Jesus, in the way he went about doing kingdom life, as an ambassador of the kingdom of God on the earth, Jesus was saying, when you've seen me, You've seen my father. And, and, and later on in 1 John 4, um, there's this great um, bit of scripture there, but and in it, there's this one comment that, that the author makes. He says, because in this world, he's talking about if, we, if God is love and we love, you know, if we're in God, we love. That's just the way it is. He goes, and he makes this comment and he says, because in this world, we are like him. Not in, not we're not, we're not waiting to get somewhere to be like Jesus, but in this world, we are like Him. We are ambassadors. We are the ones who reflect and represent and bring the official rule and reign of the kingdom of God as if it was God making His very appeal right here, right now, as if He was standing right here in front of us. And yet he partners with us to bring this good news to people. I mean, the life and the purpose that's in all of this, Jesus understood this dynamic. Even Paul understands this dynamic of when you see us, you see, you see God. What is the way of the ambassador? The way of the ambassador is the way of Jesus. It's Jesus' inauguration 
that's spoken over him when his father said at his baptism and his father pours out his spirit on him and he says, this is my son who I'm well pleased with. And then after conquering a series of temptations in the desert, it says Jesus returned from the desert in the power of the spirit, in the power of the fact that the father's affirmation was on his son. And so Jesus makes his ambassadorial declaration of what the life of God looks like on earth for all people. And Jesus says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. All of those who are caught in poverty, whether it's material poverty, whether it's mental poverty and anguish, whether it's spiritual poverty, relationship poverty, doesn't matter, whatever the form is. It's into that poverty that the Spirit of God has come upon Jesus to reach into and bring the official position and rule of the kingdom of God on the earth to those who are poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. doesn't matter what the prison is, whether it's a spiritual bondage, whether it's a, a, a physical addiction, whether it is... A, a caught in a domestic violence situation, whatever the context of being in prison is, Jesus has come to bring the official rule and reign of God on the earth as it is in the heavens and to turn it all around through his death and resurrection and make all things new. And it's to this that we've been called. It's to this that Paul says, we are therefore now God's ambassadors in the earth. It's us that goes. It's, it's us that goes and, and partners with groups like Destiny Rescue in, in te- to save people in terrible situations. It's us that, that goes. It, it's us that even reaches in to the poverty of those who are caught under the power of wealth and they desperately want life and yet the wealth they have is not giving it to them. Even them in their poverty. Jesus is asking us, who, who, who will go and represent? Who will be my ambassador? Who will bring the official rule and reign of God into that person's life and context? Who will, who will go? This is the ministry and the calling of the church, of the follower of Jesus. To bring recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim It's now the time of God's favour in the earth for all humanity. This this is what it looks like to be an ambassador. This is what it looks like to be an ambassador. This is what love looks like. Every time we forgive people of sin, heal the sick, drive out demons, set people free from the words of that others have spoken in judgment at them or over them. And we just say, no, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Jesus loves you more than that. Jesus come to set you free from that. When, we, when, our, when people that we meet along the way are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, because of the work of the, the rule and reign of the kingdom of darkness, it's, it's as we broach that and we bring hope and new life to people's hearts and minds. And we invite them into an experience of reconciled relationship with God and with others. 
to join the, the body of Jesus, the church, the community of the kingdom in the earth. Every time we advocate and speak into the issues of justice and social concern, we, every, the way we steward our resources in this world, it has the capacity to bring great glory to God and great love and life to people. We walk humbly, we love generously, and we engage wherever we see people caught because that's the way of Jesus. That's the way of Jesus. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, love one another. The old covenant was one of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then, so that, that's this old covenant that was established way back. And then Jesus comes along and says, here is the covenant, the law of the new covenant. Love one another. Just love one another like I've loved you. Last Sunday, it was so awesome. I'm going to wind up here. But last Sunday was so great. Um, he, he's not here this morning, but it was, it was just beautiful to watch Gaza. I was talking to Gary during the week. And he came and visited me at the office here. He was seeing some folk and he popped his head in the door and he said good day to me for a few minutes, which was great. But last Sunday, um, at the end of our service, um, we, we had this time up the front where people were responding to this drawing of, of God to say, you know what, I think I want to be, become an ambassador of Jesus Christ to the world. And, and Gary came down, <laughs> he was over the front here, I, and I'm sure he won't mind me speaking here about him, but he came and he stood out the front here, and, and, he, and, he, and he, as I was speaking through the microphone, he was yelling at me. He was yelling, he was speaking like quite boisterously at me. He's like, and his words were, I don't want to be an ambassador of Jesus. I don't want to be an ambassador of Jesus. He said, I am an ambassador of Jesus. He was, he was in this moment of revelation coming over his life where he realized, I'm not waiting for anything because I've been loved by Jesus. The love of Jesus so overwhelmed Gary in that moment that he just he came into a point of realization and bringing his life into line with that revelation of the love of God in Jesus Christ for his life where he said I'm not waiting to become an ambassador I am an ambassador and he live this week he's been living from that place he's been living from that place of reflecting and representing the official rule and reign and ways of the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ into his world just like it is in the heavens. You're not waiting for anything. This, this, is a, this is a statement of declaration that is present tense. You, we are, because of Jesus, we are therefore ambassadors. You're not waiting to be ambassadorized. <laughs> That's really bad language, but you're not waiting to become something that you already are. It's just waking up to the power of the love that's come upon our life. <laughs> I am an ambassador. You are an ambassador. Can, can we just like maybe on, this, on the count of three, just, just to make that declaration out of your mouth because faith, faith comes by hearing and, and, and it comes through declaration and articulation. So, so that it goes from being just this 
quiet little internal kind of, well, I kind of think this thing. No, and it becomes this external faith-releasing, kingdom-bringing, um, powerful truth. And so on, on three, I want to invite you to make that declaration that not, not because of anything I've done or you've done, but because you've, we've been loved by Jesus. We are now ambassadors of his. And so on three, I want you to just, with all of your, all of your heart and all of your gut, just say, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Okay? You got that? They're the words. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Okay? You ready? On three. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Friends, King Solomon says in Proverbs 13, he said, A wicked messenger fails into, falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy, ambassador, a trustworthy envoy brings healing. You guys are healers. You're healers. And I long, I long for each and every one of us for the joy of leading people into relationship with Jesus and to the, the joy of representing and bringing the dynamic rule and reign and the official position of our king into your world. I long for it for you so much more than we already know. I long it for myself way more than I already know. Friends, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We are citizens of another kingdom. And our king is Jesus. For he has delivered us, Paul wrote in Colossians 1, uh, Colossians 11.3, because he's delivered us out from under a domain of darkness and transplanted us into a kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus. We are empowered by the spirit. We carry a message and a ministry of our king to the far reaches of this earth. And through us, through our best, humble, God-use-me efforts, through those, those God-use-me efforts, God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ through you and through me. God's doing it. Make no mistake about it. We do reflect Jesus to our world through our daily life. We do reflect the official position and the ways of the kingdom of God. We love, like Jesus, as if he was in this world because in this world we are like him. We are ambassadors because love has found us. We've been reconciled to God. He's brought us into his kingdom and we are now filled with love for the world. Let love lead on. Let Jesus lead you on. Friends, we're in a great season here at the Vineyard where Jesus is making disciples, people who will follow him and be like him and love the world like him. And this morning the Holy Spirit is again calling us to live what God has already won for us and deemed ours, is ours in Jesus Christ, a life of great joy, a ministry of reconciliation, and one where we get to be people who have been loved and so love our world because we're like Jesus. So this morning it's a simple invitation of more, Lord. More, Lord. You've made the declaration of being an ambassador. I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit would fill that with fire and passion and great fuel for the season that you're in.
Okay. So if you would like that, the Holy Spirit just to add some more fire to that declaration of I'm an ambassador, why don't you just stand where you are and we'll invite the Holy Spirit to come upon you in power. <clears throat> more, Lord. More. Heavenly Father, I thank you for just everyone that's standing up right now and are posturing themselves before you to say, God, fill me now. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with fire, the fire of your spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Empower me now to be the ambassador that I am in the name of Jesus. I want to be the ones who reflect and represent the official the official position, the official position of the kingdom of God in the earth. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We wait for you just now. We wait. Come. Bring your power. Bring your power. More. More, God. More. We want to introduce people to you, Jesus. More. More. Lord, if we've never had the opportunity to introduce you to someone, Lord, I pray for an end to that. And I pray for a release of great love to wash through these ambassadors and others would find themselves wanting Jesus because God's making an appeal through these ambassadors. And that they give the opportunity to just introduce people to Jesus. I pray that, Father, as blessing over their life. It would give them great joy and purpose. Great joy and purpose, Lord. We want to lead people to you, Jesus. You have loved us so well, Lord Jesus. You've been so good to us. Now, I'm Holy Spirit, more. More. More fire and power, please. More fire and power. More Holy Spirit. More. The scriptures talk about being baptized with the Spirit and with power. So let the power come as you do, Spirit of God. Let your power be released upon us. Fuel us. Let the members of our body become alert to your presence right now. Your tangible manifest power. More, Holy Spirit. More, I pray. Come. Now, the Spirit of God is falling in the room right now on a number of you. Give yourself to that. Give yourself to the Spirit right now. This is you and Him. Just give yourself to that work. Let Him touch you more. More, God. Let our hearts come alive with the heart of Jesus. More, God.